Hello everybody, this is Darren4785, also known as Mr. Doors Fists on Twitter. Now, this is just one very brief, very quick podcast just to chuck it out there. And if I get a good response back, I'll try and do one every week, preferably on a Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, if not, you know, I can't say that I haven't tried. Now, as many of you probably know, listen to this, I love my wrestling. Um, I'm an avid full, full-time hardcore wrestling fan. Outside of my work, you know, I watch AEW, WWE, um, Impact, um, when Ring of Honor, and New Japan. You know, when they get back to normal, I'll be watching them as well. i um, been watching now for about 33, 34 years. I've been watching since I was four years of age, and it's just a passion of mine. I even tried it once, well, more than once, multiple occasions for Celtic Wrestling and Dragon Pro Wrestling and in Merth of Tidville and Wales and Cardiff Wales respectively. So I've been in the ring, I know what it's like uh, part-time really overall in the last 12 years or so I've been back and forth doing it. So I can set up a ring, I can take a bump and I can also give you a different perspective on it when I'm watching it. Um, when I'm watching it, I want to be a fan. Sometimes I find myself being a wrestling critic even though I haven't made it big I can still have a wrestling hat on you know to know what movies coming next and that and that can be a bit annoying um when it comes to the big four pay-per-views in WWE you know SummerSlam Survivor Series Mania and Rumble I tend to sit back and watch as a fan when you get the B pay-per-views like Extreme Rules and Elimination Chamber things like that I analyse it more I analyse it on Smackdown and NXT a little bit more it's like a 50-50 booking schedule in my brain. 50% of me is a fan, 50% of me is criticising it. Because they should have done this, they should have done that. Not because I'm any better than Alexa Bliss or Randy Orton or Seth Rollins. But I'm thinking, like, they're doing these matches the past, since COVID started. And I've been actually very, very well put together. The matches and the, you know, the ratings have been five-star, four-star. They've been epic matches. It's just sometimes the dodgy finishes and the storylines are terrible. Eye for an eye, Ray and Seth. Fantastic match. It was better than it, sh- it should have been. But things like that, I think we've had too many roll-ups, um, roll-up pins in the last six months. Actually, since the new year, uh, Simon Miller on ups and downs. He's recorded 50-something already. Um, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't have that many roll-ups. I mean, every wrestler's finishing move should be the roll-up. It's pathetic. Um, use a bit more story. It doesn't matter. If Nikki Cross lo- loses to the Banks, Stacey McMahon taps out. I mean, she's lost the match anyway. It, it, what makes it look stupid is getting caught up for the quick roll up one, two, three. Nobody and fifty-fifty booking has, has got to stop all the time as well. It's getting ridiculous now. Um, yeah, so I do love all wrestling. I love the AEW and NXT and having the Wednesday night wars. I love the fact every week they get in over half a million viewers which is good especially for the covid era um they both get around between like seven eight hundred thousand uh people watching every fr- every wednesday that means there's over what, one and a half million people watching overall on wednesday but you know what bab- baffles me we want smackdown do take it out to you in the covid era i think smackdown's got a better wrestling matches it's got a better entertainment so to speak and the storylines but raw raw's lowest rating lately has been like 1.6 something well, 1.5 million people watch NXT and AEW on a Wednesday. SmackDown sometimes get, you know, they're in the two millions or whatever. And I'm thinking, surely more people should be watching on a Wednesday than AEW and NXT. 
is NXT sometimes is better than Raw and SmackDown and AEW. AEW has done fantastic considering the, the promotions on like oh, a year old, so to speak. If I went to a pit reviews were before actually, eh? but AEW is about 12, 13 months old now, which is amazing. Um, they've done well. Um, the women's division has taken an injury bad battering lately, which I've been sorry for. People always say AEW's women's division is the worst division. I don't think so. Um, I think you get B Priestley back in there when his travel ban is, is lifted. Um, I can't remember the alien, Chris Statlana, that alien, she's injured. But Baker's injured. I think if these women wrestlers get injured, yeah, they haven't got that much strength and depth. But I think they've got the talent, especially this women's tag team cup. It just goes to show they've got the depth. I think in time they just need to, you know, get them over. And like I said, the company's only over a year old and I think they're doing fantastic. Um, MJF, fantastic heel. He's going to be the next Rob Rocky Maivia and die, Rob Rock Rocky die, you know. When he does turn face in the next few years, he's going to be huge again. The C Cody thing, the whole horseman teasing. You know, it, it, I think AEW are quite smart. I think they're better than when Impact started and when WCW started to go heavier to the WWE. Um, I think in time AEW is going to be destroying NXT, and I mean that. If they play the cards right, they do their booking, and then the crowds can't come back in. I think AEW could be in the talk for Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. I think NXT is going to suffer. I think some talent are going to go to Raw and SmackDown when the draft starts again in October, I think it is. NXT may get one or two people like Dolph Ziggler, or you know, one or two experienced people back on there, but they're not going to fucking get in the way against part of my language. They're not going to. I feel sorry for NXT because since COVID they've actually gone a bit like Vince McMahon's writing for Raw and SmackDown. They don't seem that golden yellow bland, uh, golden black bland anymore. They seem like it's got WWE fingerprints over it, if that makes sense. Even though they are WWE, no one's trying to say that they've got that Raw and SmackDown feel to them, which is really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I mean, <sighs> COVID era wrestling's had very good matches. Silly ending, silly finishes, silly screwdriver finishes. But how could we talk about the COVID era without talking about Bailey, Josh Straps, and Sasha Two Belts, wherever she's called, Banks, Two to Belt Banks. Bailey's heel turn last year in September, October was the best thing that's happened to her. At the moment, she's my standout wrestler of the year so far for the women. Sasha, right, right behind her. Charlotte Flair was all over our TV screens during the beginning of the summer. On NXT, Raw, SmackDown, people got so sick of it quick. She lost the title. She went to have surgery done on her implants. I hope she comes back stronger soon. Um, Becky's out pregnant. Um, Kairi Sane, unfortunately, has just left. Uh, I want to see her husband in Japan be with them. That's cool. I think she, the door's open for her, though. She's ended on good terms. So, Bailey and Sasha have had to build the company around them. And I think if it is Vince's hand marks over, it's the best thing he's done in a long, long, long time. Um, I don't think they fight each other at SummerSlam, which is unfortunate, because I think if it's in Boston, it's not Sasha's hometown, like it was supposed to be in the middle of August, I think we might have had it. But because I think the crowd ain't coming back to at least October, I think they might do a Survivor Series, maybe Royal Rumble. I can't see it going to WrestleMania. I think it's too much to build um, at the moment. Being tag team champions is great, but if they split up Nikki and Alexa, it's only because of the Iconic left, isn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Iconics against Bailey and Sasha again, but then if the Iconics win, who are they going to defend it against? Because we know if Bailey and Sasha lose the tag team titles, we know they're going to start feuding with each other very shortly. 
I mean, yeah, they could bring up people from NXT or put Dana Brooke and, I don't know, Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans as a team or Carmella. You can put, you can patch teams together, surely, but it took Cross and Bliss to connect over a few weeks for them to connect a few months and they've been a fantastic team. But at the end of the day, it's Bailey and Sasha, Alexa and Nikki. They've got to go their own separate ways and they've got to make new teams. And AW's Women Tag Team Tournament Cup at the moment, you know, they're getting people out from anywhere. I mean, just put teams together who don't do anything at the moment. I mean, Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair have been paired together because they're like the iconics at the moment to fight them off. But if Liv Morgan comes back, are we going to get Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot? Okay, if we do, that's one team, but they don't roll. Smackdown, I don't know, man. Smackdown's a women division. It's got a bit of depth, but it's. <sighs> I personally put Naya on Smackdown and then Naomi on Ross, and then Naomi can go after the Raw women's title and you know, win that because she's won the Smackdown one a few times now. But Naya on Smackdown. But now you want Tamina back again as a, as a dominant tag team. Do something to freshen up this. Just, just, just get, bear, bear in mind, you lose Bailey and Sasha and Alexa and um, Cross would be the best two women's tag teams since the women's division started tag teams. You're buggered. You can patch teams together. Even in NXT, you know, they patched some women together. They're not a proper team. So, yeah, like I said, Bailey and Sasha for me. I love Bailey. I love her hair. I love her music. I love the way she walks to the ring. I love how confident she is. I love the fact she attacks Michael Cole. I love the fact she does talks to the opponents. I love I just love everything about Bailey at the moment. And trust me, when I get invested in someone after watching it for, you know, almost thirty five years, you know, when I get invested in someone, I get invested in someone. Um, Bailey and Sasha, brilliant. I reckon they'll probably end up fighting each other on Survivor Series. Then I think you give the f- end of the summer on the fall, build a seed, lose the tag team titles, lose the Raw Women's and SmackDown World titles. Just try and make the division mean something, I guess. Um, now, obviously, this is just done on the fly from my brain, so if I'm talking too fast or I've said something that uh, you can't quite catch, I do apologize. I'm just flying through it just to quickly try and get everything I possibly can. Now, obviously, when this podcast starts, I have my friends on, my guests on, a few people I've talked to and made friends with the past few months on Twitter and the internet. They know what I'm talking about. I wouldn't ask them to come on, otherwise, I don't invite any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, on his, you know, I want to try and make it a little bit wrestling and maybe a bit of soccer, soccer, sorry, soccer slash UK football as well because I'm an avid Manchester United fan. Um, and Cardiff City, obviously, my second team, me being Welsh. And I just thought I'd add a bit of soccer chat in if I do get the chance because that's something I'm quite passionate about too. Uh, my team, Manchester United, um, finished third in the Premier League when they were about fifth and sixth all season, so that's good. Apparently today, on Monday the 3rd of August, they are almost on the brink of signing Jaden Sancho, which brings glee to my heart, because we think he's amazing, he's fast, he's brilliant, and I think he's one third of the puzzle we need to win the league. I think Jaden Sancho is a right-sided attacker, a winger, brilliant. I think we need another centre-back, and I think we need another striker, a total goal scorer. But signing Sancho may put Greenwood and Rashford back, and Martial back up at front, so we might not need a striker, but we need a midfielder, if that's not the case. Fantastic wide team. Scott McTominay, he's done pretty good. Matish, the past few games, he's been good as well, but we need like a 25-year-old steel man in our midfield to boss it like a cante, just to make us tick. And I bring Henderson back from Sheffield United, and use him as number one. De Gea's going to be number two. 
playing in the cup games. If he plays well, he might be able to get back in the team. But Henderson showed this season at Sheffield United, he's a bloody brilliant goalkeeper. And I'd use him as United's number one when the season starts on September the 12th. Now, that's briefly football. That's what it's going to be like on a podcast. Football will have about a 10, 10% you know, conversation span. The rest might be as wrestling. Um, so, like I said, yeah, um, just another brief thing. Uh, uh, my favourite wrestlers of all time, just to educate you a little bit. People go for the stars like Hogan and Austin and that. I'm more of a wrestling guy. Ever since I was a kid, my first match, well, the first thing I remember seeing was King Kong Bundy sit on someone. And I was like, oh, that's cool, but, you know. And then I used to watch the Hart Foundation. They were the best. They were the first and best tag team I remember watching, Brett and Anvil. Um, Brett and the Dynamite Kid, I remember vaguely remember seeing as well when I was growing up. They are vague mem- memories of that. Um, so Brett Hart is one of my favourites of all time. I love Brett Hart. I love the Kurt Angles, the Chris Benoits. Um, CM Punk, Edge, Orton. You know, Orton's not a wrestler-wrestler, but all them guys are my guys. You know, Edge, when he was... Early 2000s, when he was just for from Christian on, when he was Christian, I respected him in talent. He was more of a wrestler then, before he hurt his neck in 2004, before he broke his neck, and then he had plates, and, you know, he became more of a grappler. But I call Austin in 1997, as soon as your neck goes, you're, you're, you're buggered, so you've got to change your style. But I, I loved Edge, I loved Eddie Guerrero, I loved all the wrestlers. Um, I loved The Rock's mic skills, and I loved Austin, but they don't come in my, mount, in my so-called Mount Rushmore. Now, my Mount Rushmore is controversial, but I've always said you can't have just a Mount Rushmore and pick four superstars. You, you've got to have three, or maybe four. One being the le- the best legend women of all time. Two, the best from the last 30 odd years of, of women, and the same with the men. Stars and wrestlers. Now, my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers is Bret the Hitman Hart. Can't beat that. Sorry. Kurt Angle. Shawn Michaels. Now this is where the controversy comes. <laughs> I was debating over a few wrestlers, but to me it's passion. The way he's done stuff. Eddie Guerrero. They're my wrestlers. Stars. Brock, Austin, Triple H, Cena. Now Undertaker I was going to put in because he's been a conscience, he's been in for longer, he's been our guy. But Cena, between 2005 and 2008 or 9, like most people, I didn't like him much. But I'm not shallow. Like I said, I'm an experienced, educated wrestling fan. 2009, I thought, you know what, this guy has had been booed enough. You know, give him some credit. His passion for the business is unparalleled. He is the Austin, and he is he was the Austin of the golden era, or the reality era, you know. Hogan. Austin, Cena, they are stable marks. I mean, right now, they haven't really got one, like, right now. I mean, you can see that's past the baton. But Batista was kind of around his level. Orton was kind of on his level. Orton may be that guy now. If Orton keeps going where he's going, like he has the past few months, Orton will be that. You know, then the transitional star, then, until they find somebody. Like, I think a Seth Rollins and all Roman Reigns, I think, is going to be, you know, probably Roman Reigns because he's got star over him he's not a you know Seth and AJ and Dino Bryan I could have picked him a technical wrestlers by the way but you know how can you not pick Angle Guerrero Bret Hart you know it's just <laughs> but um yeah so that's a bit of 
that they make history and help women of all time to go on to do. Trish was never a fantastic wrestler. She was more tits and ass, and she was. She was a model who done well in the end. If I had to pick four women wrestlers of all time, everyone picks these guys, but Trish, Lita, looking back onto the Nenek work, Moolah was amazing. I, I didn't realise how fabulous the fabulous Moolah really was. And what people say along the players, I'm going to go with Wendy Richer because she was fucking brilliant. She didn't give a shit. She was old school. She, she kicked your ass and she was fantastic. Modern day women, or the last 20 years women. <sighs> Number one, Bailey, I'm sorry. It's got, to be, it's got to be at least the four horse women, I reckon. Not that any other woman doesn't, you know, any disservice, but it's got to be the four horse women. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. They have transitioned the women's business and they deserve to be on Mount Rushmore. So there you go, guys. They're my really brief, quick um, picks. If you disagree, fair enough. That's why I want people to come on this podcast and tell me what's going on. What will they pick? So I just give a bit of a background on myself, what I like, what I don't like. My current quick thought on the business. Um, by, by the way, Alistair Black, what I'm doing with him at the moment, I have no idea. I understand in the performance centre he can't do his entrance properly because of the plastic boarding around the ring. I don't know if that's the reason why he doesn't get an entrance or he just runs out lately. But he's lost his thing, he's lost his aura. Now, I know Vince is taking him up the arm and his arm not week for last and I last week. So maybe he, he won't be on board tonight, maybe we could pump up a SummerSlam. But they need to make him better, they need to push him a little bit more. Yeah, he's been on TV a lot more lately, but that's because they're pushing him. Make him a monster. Make him a silent assassin. Make him kick people's heads off. Give him the world titles in the next year or so. Bobby Lashley. Just have him fight Brock Lesnar. I don't care who's the face, who's the heel. Pay Brock what he needs. I don't care if he's in the performance centre, the middle of the, of the sea, on the beach. I don't care. Book Lesnar and Lashley. Have them kill each other. Have a non-finish. I don't care. Have them beat the living fuck out of each other. Because that match to me, I want to see. Two meaty men killing kill each other. That's more like it. Even though I do like my technical wrestling, I don't mind the odd meat match, I call them. Undertaker Batista a few years ago. That was fucking brilliant. I love shit like that. By the way, I am a fan of Bray Wyatt. I, I've always been a fan of him since uh, his FCW and NXT days as the cult leader with Bray Wyatt. I love Bray Wyatt's three faces of Wyatt right now, the cult leader, the Mr. Rogers teacher type, and the fiend. Now, this quick quick thing, I'm glad Strowman saw that Strowman didn't beat him. Not even funny, Strowman. Nothing personal against him, he, he tries hard, but I can't stand the man. I'm sorry, Braun, I can't stand it. I can't stand you. Bray Wyatt is a Phoenix champion. If he does win the championship, great, but then who's he going to fight with? You've got to make sure they don't do another Goldberg on him. I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Hardy against The Fiend. Just don't bring up any alcohol-related points because that's too many. No, Seamus and Jeff Hardy, I'm glad that's over. Jeff Hardy agreed to it with the alcoholism and that and his breakdowns and that, but I'm sorry. You've got to stop that now. Move on. Change the fucking gear. Change the subject. Jeff Hardy versus The Fiend would be pretty good, especially Jeff Hardy turned into the Willow-type character like he did at the end of the Seamus match in the bra, in the barroom brawl. Um, I had a question the other day of somebody, so I'm going to quickly answer it now. What's your favourite era in wrestling, whether it be attitude, reality? So I'm going to say 
when you actually get it started. I say nineteen ninety seven to two thousand was the best time in wrestling. Now people say the attitude era was good, blood, guts, sex, tits. It was good stars. Yeah, we had it all. Do you know what? The match quality was never always that good. It was more star studded than match quality. Now these days it's a bit of opposite. The match quality is much better, but the stars are not as big. Now I take that any day because I love match work. But start the attitude era, the British Bulldog, you know, Bret Hart, Brian Pillman, Steve Austin, the Nation Domination, starting DX, starting Undertaker, Kane. You know, you had everything then, and I liked it. I was on the edge of my seat. I turned over to, to Nitro to watch Hogan, Sting, Goldberg, DDP, Raven. Raven, another one of my fucking favourites. I love the dark characters. I love Raven. Not the best wrestler in the world. I loved him. Dan Grell, not the best wrestler in the world. Loved him. Goldust, bit of a better wrestler. Awesome Gold Goldust character until 2002 when they totally fucking ruined it. So... Yeah, that's a bit of a background on me, guys. And like I said, it's just a very quick podcast. It's maybe the worst thing you'll ever hear. I do apologise. I just want to try and get, get it out there. Just really quick thing. And if it fails, well, it fails. Alright, so this is me, Darren, signing off. Sorry I ranted for 21 minutes, but it's just me putting my points over. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon if this makes it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. Hey guys, Darren, Mr. Dorsefist is back. Um, I see seeing his roars on tonight. I may as well do a really, really quick raw preview. Um, this is gonna, it's not gonna be as long as my rant, my introduction video. I'm sorry if the sound quality was bad or you didn't quite get what I was saying or you kept on hearing my earphone touch my stomach. I was wearing one earphone and I'm having work done on my house at the moment. So I had to go into a back room with Spotify playing in the background, so I do apologise if it wasn't very good quality or anything like that. But I'm out and about now, I'm walking. I'm an avid walker. You might even hear one or two of my walking stories or some of my haunted ghost stories, which is actually true that have happened to me. So I'm out and about walking, but I thought I'd give you a raw review for the 3rd of August tonight, Monday. It's around 7 o'clock here in the UK, around 2pm Eastern in America. The reason why I keep on mentioning America, because I know some of my American friends are going to be listening to this, and you know most of them from the east side if you're from the west side i think it's eight hours behind it's not five like the east and central is six etc but anyway thank you all for tuning in it is my first day of properly podcasting as you can tell the quality this is probably better i'm a bit more confident now that i suffer with confidence issues but after you get the first podcast with the introduction what i like what, what i'm about you know what's going to come up soon you you get over it and you start to become more confident and you you know your stories anyway raw i just got notified in the last 20 minutes or so that shane mcmahon shane mcmahon may be on either tonight's taping of raw or next week's taping but i do know he's at the raw tapings today now i had mixed feelings about shane mcmahon's last run with the best in the world i liked it because i like heel heat i like more heels than faces i always have done i've always you know generated towards the bad guys maybe deep down i am a bad guy i don't know but shane mcmahon the best in the world i know for a fact that gimmick gone on a lot of people's nerves and it did his job that's what he's supposed to do like vicky guerrero she was, she was supposed to hate her she done her job well shane mcmahon done his job well but i must caveat this if shane mcmahon's gonna come back as a good guy all of a sudden like he was before he turned heel i don't mind shane Sh- mac as, as a face I think he plays a very good sympathetic babyface. I think Shane McMahon's a very good character. 
And he's not a bad wrestler, considering most of his skill set is strikes and jumping and running and jumping off crazy things. I have no idea what that was. I'm walking above a farm, so if anybody heard that, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> I do apologise for that strange screeching noise. So yeah, Shane McMahon's on road tonight. It'll be very interesting to see what he's going to do, who, if he's going to be somebody's manager, if he's going to start the programme with somebody. I mean, I'm assuming if Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are not available for SummerSlam, WWE have got to start pulling out the B and C players. And Shane McMahon, you, you know, come on, let's face it, he's not a draw, but if he's on a card wrestling or even managing, I think some people are going to turn their heads and they're going to get more eyes on the pay-per-view for SummerSlam. But, um... Yeah, so Shane McMahon wrote tonight, who knows what he's going to do. My gut tells me he's not going to be involved in Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton business. Something tells me maybe Dolph Ziggler's next food, or he's going to be with Ziggler or, or Rude. I don't know. I think he's going to be in some mid-card kind of thing, if that makes sense. So yeah, Shane McMahon, that's the news of the day. Shane McMahon is on Raw tonight, or possibly next week's Raw, depending on which order they tape in, because apparently it's manic and it's chaos backstage already. Every other Monday, when they tape two episodes... Is always the same. Well, sorry. Some Mondays they tape on SmackDown. Tuesday they tape on SmackDown for the following week. It depends on Wednesdays they tape two NXTs. But like I said, Shane McMahon wrote tonight. Whoopity do. Great. Now, what we got? We got um, the fallout with McIntyre and Orton. Means our McIntyre is probably going to claim more Orton tonight or get the best of him. You know how it goes. 50-50 booking each and every other week until the main of uh, the, the pay-per-view comes around. I say Orton fights somebody, a mid-card face on Raw. Um, maybe Ricochet or something like that, and M- um, MVP, sorry, that's my next uh, part of Raw. Um, and I think McIntyre will claim or kick Orton, or he'll headbutt Orton, or he'll cost Orton the match. You, you know what it's like, 50-50 but booking. Orton RKO'd him last week, McIntyre will cut a promo this week and probably kick Orton this week. Just just the way it is. I was hyped before they had, I was hyped before the, this got rounds before last week on Raw. I think Orton and Drew at SummerSlam will, will be cool. But now after last week, I'm like, okay, I'm not convinced yet. Maybe this week they'll convince me. I don't know. I thought last week it was going to happen a bit easier and better than it was. Instead of Orton going, I want a title shot. And McIntyre goes, you got it. I mean, come on, you work for WWE. You ask for a title shot and you get it. I mean, granted, Orton's work over the last few months has basically granted him a number of contendership. Fair enough. But come on, at least give it a bit more substance and story. And people say Bruce Pritchard got it hard because he's record- he does Raw and SmackDown. I'm sorry. <laughs> I still rather Paul Paul Heyman's way of doing stuff. Bringing up new stars, better promos. But there you go. That's just the way it is at the moment. So yeah, so yeah, you got the Orton thing. You got the MVP fighting Apollo Cruz for the undisputed US title. I think Apollo Cruz has still got the old title, and MVP's got the new title. I'm assuming if Apollo beats MVP tonight, he'll just take his title. Yeah, I can't see him carrying two USA titles around. That's a bit silly. Because they're already selling it on WWEshop.com, the new belt. So I reckon Apollo will just either beat MVP and take his new title and merge them. And next week we'll only see the new one and not the old one. Or Apollo loses, he joins MVP's faction. MVP is the new United States champion. And the new version of the nation domination, even though they, they don't want to be called that, will you know kickstart. Which I'm looking forward to. I mean, great. I mean, all, all they need now is somebody to food with. Are they going to feud with random jobbers? Are they going to feud with the ninjas and Akira Dezawa? Are they going to fill with R-Truth and his cronies? You know, or are they going to fill with mid-carders like Ricochet and Cedric, which they've really often done already? Or are they going to fill with Seth Rollins' disciples, with Austin Theory coming back? I have no idea. Or, you know, like, like I said, who knows? Who knows? 
you know, with the draft coming up in October, maybe they put, I don't know, maybe, maybe something else happens. I don't know yet. It is WWE's booking, and if they're chaotic backstage, not knowing what, what are they doing, even they're a fan of 33 years, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so, we've got the MVP bit sorted, we've got the Drew McIntyre sorted. Uh, what else is on Raw tonight? Oh, they, are, they follow up with Oscar and Sasha. Now, with, I think they horses by that noise. I think with Sasha, I think tonight Asuka goes full, oh, full heel mode because she still be a baby, but she'll be that unstoppable force. She, you know, Kairi Sane being attacked, it'll probably show up two or three times tonight to get the sympathy for Asuka. Sasha and Bailey will be bitches about it, which is cool because I love them both, but, but Bailey more. And um, Asuka tonight's going to be Empress Asuka. She's going to kick ass. She's probably going to destroy Sasha or spit green mist, and then I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to this more than anything on road, to be honest with you. The Oscar thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Oscar and Bailey thing and Sasha thing is good. It was, you know, is somebody going to try and help Oscar? Because you've got Shayna and Naya. That may continue tonight, which last week was pointless. They had a promo and then they fought a few minutes later and it was only lasted for a minute. I don't know why they just add, they should have added that on to the end of the segment. But hey, that's the Adobe booking for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Asuka's going to have a tacky partner because Kairi Sane is gone. Who's going to have Sasha's back? Uh, who's going to have Asuka's back? Bianca Belair, maybe? Maybe Liv Morgan comes back and helps Ruby and then they take on the Iconics and Bianca's left free to help Asuka. Because, come on, Asuka's not going to fight Bailey and Sasha two-on-one for the next three weeks up until SummerSlam. They must have a, a match planned. Do you know what I mean? If WWE is smart, all they do, they get someone from SmackDown, not Nikki, not Alexa, to help Asuka. Because then you go, Asuka versus Sasha versus Bailey versus, I don't know, uh, Naomi, say, right, at SummerSlam for all the belts or something. Do you know what I mean? That's just their way of having Asuka, um, Sasha pin, you know, Naomi or something like that. So, you know, Bailey and Sasha both retain their belts. So, so I don't know. They, they must have something planned. I can't see another tag team match with, like, Asuka, example, Naomi against. You know, the golden role model, Sasha and Bailey. I can't see that happening as a main event at SummerSlam. SummerSlam's got to have a good main event. And it's got to be Bailey and Sasha in some form or way. Orton and Drew, I'm sorry, is not a main event for SummerSlam. That, I reckon I'll kick off for SummerSlam. The Fiend and Strowman, that's not going to be main event at SummerSlam. I mean, maybe I have a women's cinematic match. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. i got to be honest with you. Um, I'm just looking at, at, at the Raw review now. There's nothing else on Raw that's been advertised apart from Drew and Orton, Oscar's Revenge, and um, the MVP thing on Shane McMahon. I think that's basically it. It'll be nice to see what the fallout is with Alistair Black. Um, having his arm almost broken two weeks ago and his eye kicked in last week like Rey Mysterio. Maybe he comes out with a patch. Maybe he turns badass. Maybe he goes back to his old self and just like silently kills people and didn't ask people to knock on his fucking door. Seth and Alistair Black at SummerSlam, I look forward to They've just got to build it right now. They've got three weeks to build it. Build it and they will come, as the old saying goes. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm interested to see if Angel Garza and um, Andrade continue momentum moving forward. You know, they are going to fight the tag team champions, but we've seen this at WrestleMania, if you remember, guys. It's a WrestleMania rematch rematch. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's basically it, guys. I can't think of anything else on Raw tonight. If Shane McMahon is on there, can't see it being a ratings grabber, but you know, it's been nice to see a fresh face on Raw. And by the way, I'm gonna do this every week review Raw, review SmackDown, possibly review NXT and AEW. Um, but I'm gonna give a prediction on Raw. I'm gonna make things different. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a review for what's been advertised, but I'm also gonna give you my slight take what I think may happen. 
So this is my slight take. My slight take is, on WWE Raw tonight, on Monday the 3rd of August, I think we will get... You ready for this? Natalia and Lana <laughs> winning a job at tag match. I reckon they're going to push them as a team moving forward. Looking at both their Instagram and Twitter um, profiles, the pictures they've been posting, which is quite sexy, by the way. If you're a girl, I, I'm very sorry. I'm, I'm not a per- pervert. I'm just saying Natalia's an attractive woman. Lana's an attractive woman. When they go and post same at, uh, wrestling gear or tyres, I'm going to get a bit excited because I am a full-blooded man, but I also want to see a tag team in WWE. I mentioned on my introduction podcast, WWE haven't got many women's tag teams if they are going to split Bailey and Sasha and Alexa and, and Cross because they just got the Iconics. They may have Liv Morgan and Ruby tag up for, for a few weeks, but like I said, these teams are just pushing girls together, which is fine, but it's not going to work. But Alexa... And Nikki were a random pairing before, and that's worked. So maybe if they got patient and stick to it. Dana Brooke and Carmella. Carmella has been a shit babyface. Turn her back heel, have her be the Princess of Staten Island, have her being cocky, have Dana Brooke be cocky, because Dana's face run has been shit. She's maybe well be a heel. She turns like the big show. Have them to dominate the jobbers. Have them fight jobbers for the next few weeks. Have them fight a few NXT talents and push them as a team. But WWE Women's Tag Team titles is the best and most important they've been right now. I don't know, but tonight I think Natalia and Lana, they're going to be like the jobber team of the women's tag division because Lana's the biggest jobber I've seen. No offence, Lana. You put the effort in, but just stick them managing and being a model. You're so much better at that. Natalia's a ring veteran. She can help uh, Lana a little bit, but I think they're going to tag up tonight. I think they're going to probably go after Riot and Liv Morgan or the Iconics. I don't bloody know, but that's just my take. That's that's my random guess. That's, That's my random take for tonight. So... That's the raw review done. Now, what I'm going to do, guys, just to make you aware, every time I um, I post a podcast, I don't want to be tagging like all the people I know who are going to listen to me and my friends who've helped me lately the past few months. I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't want to keep tagging you guys every time I do a podcast because I tagged you all in and I put up a Spotify link at the bottom. Now, I need, I'm going to post this on Twitter now because I don't use Facebook. I haven't got Facebook. So you can get your podcasts on Spotify or the Anchor app which I'm recording all of my apps on right now. Um, you can get it on Apple. I am got an iPhone, so I am shaded on Apple because I am got an iPhone. But you can go to Anchor and you can get it through there as well. And so I think 95% of the people on the planet got Spotify of me. So if you want to get, get me through that, you can. You can you, obviously, you, you can just click, click the link then. All right, guys, so thank you so much. This is my second podcast going out. Trust me, when my work in the house gets done, it'll be a clearer podcast. I'm going to get a microphone soon as well. So the first few are going to be a bit scratchy and raw. No pun intended. And um, yeah, I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second installment of the Raw preview. Um, by the way, I'm a massive What Culture WWE fan. I'm not going to take any of the ideas or anything, but I'm going to have more of an intro. Like, I might have a bit of music playing and then Mr. Dose Fist or something, or I go, hello, ladies and gentlemen, or, you know whatever you know cats and kittens whatever you want to be called you know i'm going to do a bit more of an intro a bit more professional but the first few episodes are going to be slightly raw a bit un- unedited and i might swear it is an explicit thing on the podcast which i've ticked which means if i do offend anyone i'm sorry but it is adult content so if i do swear often or i speak too fast it's just the way i am but like i said the more podcasts i do the more confident i'll be the more slower i'll be the more of a structure to it and yeah that's fantastic and just a cheap plug Okay, my, my, my friend's name is Sean Parfit, and he actually runs a men's mental health group. So if COVID uh, uh, has actually, you know, affected you guys in any way, 
okay um you know his twitter page okay men's mental health he will help you out go over there give him a follow he'll be more than happy to actually you know help you guys out because he's going to help me i'm going to help him and you know that is just the way it is but like i said i think i think it's men's mental health but what i'll do i'll get in contact with sean um and i'll make sure he gives me the link so i can give it to you guys all right so in the meantime stay safe take care i love you all and i'll do another podcast tomorrow to give you the raw review let's hope it's good guys because raw is like a mixed bag of smarties you just never know what you're gonna get okay take, take care my lovelies bye bye